Thank you, uh, <clears throat> Pastor Esther, for sharing that. I think that um, that's going to go really well with kind of what our rhythm for the week that is uh, all about taking the costume off. We'll use the word costume instead of mask. It'll probably be a little bit easier to describe this. Um, it is possible to fake it and make it. It is. Uh, it's possible to wear your costume and to guard yourself. It is possible to hide and to stay safe. And it is impossible to be genuine and authentic without being vulnerable. You, you can't do it. It's impossible to take your costume off and then also defend yourself. Those two don't go together. It's impossible to reveal yourself in some way, even if it's small, without risk. It is impossible to reveal yourself without some kind of risk. As I ponder that over the years of my life, working through this, as I read scripture, uh, the question I sometimes ask myself, and I think it's good to ask today, is why would we do such a risky thing, and why would we tell people to do such a risky thing? Why would we ask a community of faith believers to pursue authenticity in their life? Why would you and I do such a painful thing? And here's the answer I finally kind of came to. I wish it was just a logical thing of, hey, we're supposed to do this, let's do this. I wish it was a, you know, we take what Pastor Esther said, and yep, makes sense, logical sense, make totally understandable. People have studied this for years, psychologists have had, yep, we need vulnerability. But frankly, that's just not the reason why we'd pursue vulnerability, why we would take our costume off, even in some way with someone. I think the real reason why we do this is because finally we get to the place to realize it is the only way to change. It's the only way to get better. It's the only way to experience life what we, as we truly desire it. I finally realized that the reason why anybody would want to do something as crazy as vulnerability or being authentic or genuine, whatever word you want to use, take off the costume with someone somewhere at some time, the only reason is because life gets so bad the way we've been doing it. It gets so bad how we've been faking it, guarding ourselves. Our isolation gets so bad that we have to do something about it. When the pain to change is actually less than the pain of staying the same. That's the moment that we will finally do something. That's it. Again, I wish it could be a logical thing. There's a lot of illogical things that we can have data for that we just don't do, like exercise and this and that and take care of ourselves and all these different things. But in my experience, both in ministry and also secular leadership and different jobs, and just people in general, I've realized it's, man, when the pain of staying the same is too great. You know, when that moment happens, that's when we'll pursue something as risky, as scary, as painful as authenticity. Uh, I don't have to argue with you or prove you to you today that we all wear masks. You know, we do it. And I get it. In some ways, we're supposed to do it in certain situations. You know, I get that. 
that we are supposed to hold our cards close to us in certain ways, but the problem is when we do it with everybody everywhere. Nobody knows us, and you are ultimately isolated. Theologically, okay, here's your theological reason. Uh, the reason why you'd want to do this crazy thing uh, and take down, take off your costume with someone somewhere is because you finally realize and you believe Scripture and you finally believe it that who God made you is better than the costume you made. That's the theological perspective. When you finally realize that you're beautifully and wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made, the verse you'll be looking at this week in our rhythm, when you finally realize that when they created the universe, put some dust together and breathe some life in it, that he loves it, and that makes it better. When you finally realize that who God made you is so much better than the mask, the costume, the facade that we have created, that ultimately is a reflection of those around you because you're trying not to have the rejection of those around you. So it changes in every season. I think it changes in different societies. It changes through history. It changes in different cultures. The cultures of my family growing up in India, that culture is very different than the culture in America. So what the costumes that we build and wear are very, very different. But when you finally realize that theologically, that God, who God made you is better than any costume you can wear, you can make, <clears throat> then you'll start down this road. Who God made you is better because who you really are is freeing. It's freeing. Fear is a chain. We're so scared of what people are going to think of what's going to happen. And I'm not telling you to be, take down your costume to everybody everywhere. I'm just saying someone, somewhere. Can we start there? Who God made you is better because it's real. Being fake just doesn't fulfill you. Being fake, it takes some effort. And eventually you'll get tired of faking it. You will. Who God made you is relatable. It's really hard for me to build a relationship with somebody's mask. Really hard. It's really hard for someone to come close to you in that situation. It's really hard for God to build a relationship with your costume. Just think about that for a second. It's really hard for God to build a relationship with the costume you've put together and worn, the mask, the facade that you kind of always are living in 90% of the day. You're living in that, right? Working at it, making it happen. Your work people, your family members, whatever it may be, your friends, your church people. On Sunday, you put the costume on. It's really hard, though, when you're in prayer, when you're with God, and you've got that on, and you want him to build a relationship with your costume. How silly would that be? But we do it. You can't build a relationship with a costume. Okay? Uh, as we consider the future, and as you, I'm sure, have been some, some, some thinking about the future and how hard life has been, but thinking about the future and different things you've seen about yourself, I just want to remind you that, see, the way forward, uh, it isn't continuing to wear the mask, the, the, the costume. The way forward is not to get by and get through. I remember I was reflecting on this the other day when the pandemic first hit, and I remember kids, like, they give two days notice, and like, hey, we're not doing school anymore. <laughs> kids are going to be home, you know? And then everything started closing. And I just remember, like, all the things you had to adjust and cancel and all these different things. Birthday parties got canceled, all these things. And I just remember in that season, especially in that first four or five months, it was literally about getting through 
that one day getting by just like that one day could we get through <laughs> what would it be like is there going to be enough toilet paper right can we just do one day get through this one day but the but the problem is you cannot sustain that kind of living when months and months of just trying to get by won't actually get you through and then you'll realize that vulnerability becomes the only way to open up the door for the life of Jesus that he died to give you one that is free real and able to connect to God and to others okay that's the way forward okay I want to look at just two passages here and then we're going to go through like the rhythm we've been doing these weeks where there's a part to think about there's a part to do a practice throughout the week and then some reflection questions as you go along uh, the rhythm is by email um, it's also on the app so if you haven't downloaded that get that and you can follow along and, you know, I check that every couple days, every day kind of thing and read through and just, I'm doing this as well. These aren't rhythms that you kind of learn and you're good to go. These are rhythms that constantly develop in your life and trying to figure out ways to just take the costume off a little bit with someone somewhere is a long-term process and a long-term rhythm. I'm going to compare two passages of Scripture this morning starting in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. This is... Uh, the fall of mankind where Adam and Eve sin against God and before this they're with God and they're having a great relationship and then they're deceived and they disobey God and then we see something happen in this passage that I'm compared to Jesus and his crucifixion so Genesis chapter 3 starting in verse 6 says this when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it and the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves okay let's just think about that for a second in that moment they went from being able to be open no costumes totally available to each other and to God and then they felt shame that's what that is there and then they had to cover themselves okay then flip over to Matthew chapter 27 verse 26 and here we have Jesus in Matthew 27, starting at verse 26. We have Jesus um, suffering. We have him uh, about to be crucified and then crucified. And we see Jesus uh, experiencing pain and being open. And uh, some, the suffering happened here. And so this is what Matthew chapter 27, verse 26 is. Matthew writes, Then he released Barabbas to them. That's what Pilate releases Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged. And handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a soiled robe on him. This is mockery, right? And they twisted, twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. They knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews. They spit on him. They took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put, down, put on his own clothes. And they led him away to, to crucify him. Okay, skip down to verse 35. When they have crucified him, they divided up his clothes by lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over them, him there. Above his head, they placed a written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Okay. Skip down to um, 43. This is powerful. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him, or for he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Okay? I'm just 
if you can visualize this comparison. Adam and Eve, they're with God, they're naked, no problem. They sin, they feel ashamed, they cover themselves and they hide. They, 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 they guard, they cover uh, what, is, what they feel would be shameful, right? This is an imagery of moving from being open and unguarded and vulnerable to a place of covered and protected and, and, and shielded. And then we have Jesus in this moment of the crucifixion. And he's actually just the opposite. He's now uncovered. He's in a place where somebody can hurt him. He's in a place where somebody did hurt him. He's in a place where he physically can feel pain. He's uncovered and unguarded in a way that he will be mocked and, and emotionally feel that kind of pain. He's in a place where his, uh, he's done something as a part of this where uh, his disciples have bailed on him. I want you to just compare these two responses in the moment of sin. The Adam and Eve response is to cover and hide. The Jesus response, which is the example of, of the path to freedom and healing, is to remove the shield. It's to remove the guard. It's to put yourself in a place of risk, to put yourself in a place where it is going to hurt. The, the contrast of these two gives us our path forward, church. Okay? Through the pain of all this that goes on, and then after that, he's, he dies and he's buried, and then uh, Father raises him, God raises him from the dead. I want you to think about that imagery of like going from being totally vulnerable and hurt because it's going to hurt when you take the costume off. It's going to hurt. And then there's healing and freedom and newness and change, and that's what we desire. When it gets so bad to stay the same, that we want a path for freedom, a path for being real, a path for being relatable and having a life-giving relationship with God and others as well. When the pain of staying the same is too great that we want to do some change. Here's some things to think about this morning. Uh, as I mentioned, wearing a costume interferes with our relationship to God. Uh, and this is, you know, from our rhythm for the week, but it's really hard to believe that God loves us just as we are. It's hard for us to believe that God would make us and still love us no matter what. It's just hard to do that. And it's really difficult to want to get close to God when we're not sure how he feels about us. It's really hard, you can apply this to like a friendship, it's really hard to get close to someone if you're not sure if they're going to like you or not or if like they think you're weird or something. <laughs> it's really hard to build a relationship with God when we are not sure how he feels about us because how we feel about ourselves gets kind of projected on God. And you kind of step back from that and say, wait a second, no matter how I feel about myself, God is not dictated by my desires on how, or my thoughts on how I feel about myself. He's got his own way. I don't, I don't influence the way God changes or thinks about what, I me. And so it's hard to believe that, just listen, as you are, God loves you as you are. And where does that come from? Well, part of it comes from, I think, our family of origin, how we were parented, how they showed value to us. Maybe we were only valued by the good things that we did, and we got in trouble, and we didn't go do good things, right? Uh, I get some of that as a kid. But maybe it also comes from society, that if people really knew you, they wouldn't like you kind of thing. And so then we're like, okay, well, if God really knew me, he wouldn't like me. And so maybe I'm warning about how God feels about me. We're in a culture in which we're constantly measured and you know, the performance is all there. That's the culture we live in. 
And so this begins to be projected on God. And I want to tell you, hold on, hold on. You do not need to wear a costume with God, okay? And as I said, God doesn't want to build a relationship with what you created. He wants to build a relationship with what he created, okay? He created you, and he loves you, and he wants to build a relationship with you. He doesn't want your costume you put forward and say, hey, this is me. Let's connect this way. That's not the way our God works. Secondly, wearing a costume interferes with our relationships to others, okay? Um, it's like promising one thing but providing another. Uh, it's like, you know, you're uh, in a dating relationship and initially you don't show everything and then later maybe you show some more and then you're like, wait a second, can I show these things? And then in a marriage you have the same problems. Wait a second, how much can I share? What story can I say? Can I show this? How do I hide through this, right? It starts interfering with that because... Uh, I guarantee you that people want to be friends with you, not your facade. That's who people want. And if you haven't heard that, let me just tell that to you now. People just want you. They don't want this perfect you. They don't want this you that is liked by other people. Like, people don't need somebody else's affirmation of you. They can make their own choice of you, okay? And we know this, that a relationship can't grow without knowing, being known more, Okay? And I would say that you can't know more about a costume. That costume doesn't have a history. That costume doesn't have a story. Those masks that we wear, that facade that we put out there, well, that doesn't have life to it. That doesn't have a heartbeat to it. That doesn't have a story. You can't know more of that, but you, you are a wealth of life experience. You are feeling emotion, your ups and downs. You're the greatest movie ever, and people want that. They don't want this created thing that's stagnant and lifeless. They want the joy, the pain, the sorrow, the fear, the shame. They want all that because that is you. And you can't be you without that, all that story and all that pain and all the triumph and, and losses. That is you and that's what people want to know. But when we continue to put on that costume, they actually don't learn that anymore. I've been in uh, you know, small groups and Bible studies kind of thing for years in different states, different places. And I always found that it never was the content that changed lives. It was never the curriculum that blessed somebody, really. You know, it never really was those things that brought people together and kept people. It never was. But the last 20 years, I, through my schooling and all that, I've looked at curriculum, I've looked at studies, I've read books, and it's like... Man, those things are great, but uh, that's not really what helps the community, ultimately keeps the community together and can, can get people out of change because it's not just a logical thing. What I've seen happen, and when I led a house church, co-led a house church, when I've done Bible studies, been in small groups of churches and so forth, uh, whether it's even on leadership teams, what I've found is what brings people together isn't curriculum. It's their story. It's their expression of transparency it's their hey how's it really going it's their opportunity and people to be known by someone you cannot grow in your relationships with other if you do not take down that costume okay uh, third one as we uh, kind of already mentioned but affirming others costumes interferes with our relationship to them meaning 
when we allow people to wear costumes around us, we're subtly suggesting to them that we like that fake version better than the real one. I'm going to say that again. That's again in the version this week. When we allow people to wear costumes around us, we subtly suggest to them that we like their fake version better than the real one. So it's not just what you got to do for yourself and being vulnerable, but we are surrounded by people who won't do it. Aren't you? Uh, whether it's in a work relationship or friend, church, how many times do you feel like you go to church with somebody for 20 years and you don't really even know them? You know what I mean? We do this all the, people do this all the time around us and I want to challenge you not to allow everybody everywhere in your life to just be the fake version of themselves. I read something this past week that said, you know, even if nobody around you uh, does it or starts it, go deeper. It doesn't matter. Go deeper. And eventually some other person around you is going to start going deeper too. I really liked that. Don't allow that in the people around your life. Dig a little bit. I'll tell you from personal experience, I had people do this for me. Vulnerability, being open was not a part of how I was raised. And it was even part of my, I think, uh, early on faith. But I had some people around me that went deep and didn't allow me to be fake. Such gracious, kind people that would ask me harder questions. See how I said that? Such gracious, kind people that would ask me harder questions. They would stay with me. They would reach out to me. They would text me, hey, let's talk, let's pray. I don't really want to pray right now. Let's, let's pray. You know, what's going on? You know what I mean? Don't let people do that in your life. I didn't say all people everywhere, someone somewhere. Maybe it's someone close to you. Maybe it's a church friend. Maybe it's a friend you've had been in a relationship for 10 years. You've never asked harder questions. Man, what was it really like to fill in the blank? You can actually go there. You can actually be an obstacle to somebody else's costume. Okay? Be that. Uh, don't let everybody around you um, wear their costume. You're subtly telling them you like that better. Okay? Here's some things you can do this week. First is remove your costume before God. Well, what does that even look like? What that looks like is uh, when you're with him, you know, you admit what's been hard and then what you did when it was hard. Adam and Eve had an opportunity uh, to go to God, but they didn't. They hid. All they had to do was say, oh man, we got tricked. And it feels pretty awful right now. We're feeling this thing we've never felt before and we want to hide. And when we felt this, we hid from you. That's all they had to say. They just had to go to God. But they said they didn't. So removing your costume before God this week could look like being with him and just being honest about how you really feel about people in your life, how you really feel about him, what you did when life got hard, Okay, maybe you doubted God, you doubted somebody else, you said something you wish you hadn't said. All those things we don't want to say that that's kind of things that we've done and we want to hide. You talk to God about that. Okay, nobody even has to hear you, nobody has to know those things. But if you were just to be yourself before God, okay, talk to him about those things. Uh, secondly is, you can take your costume off with others. So I know this is a more, maybe a, even a harder one because it involves somebody else. I'm not telling you to do the whole world. Again, I'm telling you someone somewhere. 
to somehow share your suffering. What I mean by that is just share what it's actually like to be you, to walk in your shoes. What's it like to fill in the blank, have your job, or what it's like? What's it like not to have a job? What's it like to have this person in your life? What's it like to live in Portland, Oregon? What's it like to fill in the blank? What's it like to be your age? What's it like to handle and deal with what suffering you're dealing with in your body? Or what's it like to fill in the blank? I want you to hear this, okay? When you share this with someone else, what is hard for you doesn't have to be hard for them. Sometimes we don't share things like, oh, that's silly. No, 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 because we think, oh, well, that's not hard for somebody else, so why would I want to share that? What's hard for you doesn't have to be hard for, some, for someone else. And what's hard for you doesn't have to be confirmed or affirmed by somebody else either. What's hard for you is hard for you. That is a fact, okay? You can take your costume off with others if you just shared your suffering. Um, what in your conversations with people, when was it you said, last time you said that something was hard? Another way of doing this is to ask for help from someone. I mentioned that last week. Is You can take your costume off when you ask for help. Say, man, I, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I, I don't know what to do here. Ask for help. The third practice we'll be doing this week is invite others to take their costume off. That's almost harder in a way. Open up, you know, affirm their value. You could ask the question, hey, how are you really doing? I'm all right. Okay, how are you really doing? Are we going to let it go? Maybe somebody who's not even reaching out to you right now, you can reach them out, reach out to them, call them, text them, and say, hey, how's life? I've been thinking about you. See, that's an invitation that somebody could reject or somebody could accept. My point is, if we never even give that invitation, there's no opportunity for them to accept it. There's many times I've had this with people and they just reject it. Okay, that's fine. But there's some other people I do, and little by little, eventually over years, <laughs> over years, then they accept it. And they accept it little by little by little. Nobody just starts opening up when you first do this. But eventually, you are saying to them, it's okay to be you. I like you better than that costume. Invite others to take their costume off. Another way to invite someone else to take their costume off is to do it in places that they would be safe and comfortable. Um, it's not me bringing you up here and asking you about your deepest, darkest secrets, how you're really doing. You're not going to feel safe in this room with a group of people. Don't have a party with people that people don't know each other and then pretend for that to be something that's going to be powerful and vulnerable and connecting. Listen, people don't feel comfortable like that. Don't post publicly on Facebook, hey, I'm asking so-and-so how they're feeling. I'll let you know how's it going. I'm, I joke about that, but we do this all the time. We limit our lives to safe spaces, right, where you don't have to be vulnerable and somebody else doesn't either. Think about it for a second. Even if you're not doing it consciously, we are subconsciously doing it to where, oh, no, I don't want to be with that person. That person asks me hard questions. Some people do avoid me, okay? I know that. But we do it, Right? And I'm asking you a way to invite others to take their costume off is to connect with someone in a safe place for them, okay? A safe place may be their home. It may be your home. It may be in a car. It may be over text digitally. It may be over Zoom. What, I want you to consider what will be the safe space before you ask the question of, hey, what can I pray for you about? Hey, how's it been going with so-and-so? What's it like at your job right now? Hey, what's it like with the struggle you one time told me about? 
I'm checking in. Don't publicly do it. Consider what is the safe space for that person when I'm asking them or giving them an opportunity for vulnerability, for openness, okay? Some questions this week to reflect on as you're doing this. What are you most afraid of by taking your costume off, your mask off? What are you most afraid of? What are you most afraid of in that? With who in your life are you most worried about admitting weakness or failure? Ooh, that's a good one. Just think about it for a second. Who in your life are you most worried about? So this isn't just the what, it's the who. Okay? Who in your life knows the real you? And then really this, this week as you start doing this is what happened when you tried to be vulnerable with someone this week? They shut you down? You, you kind of clammed up and you couldn't do it? <laughs> you know? Oh, you did it and uh, someone else then responded back with some, some vulnerability? Well, that's awesome. It's, there's no right or wrong here. Just what happened when instead of hiding in the garden, you did what Jesus did and you put yourself in a spot where you're going to get hurt? Okay. Some people don't go to small groups because they can't be in that situation. They're not putting themselves in that situation where they can be vulnerable, okay? Um, I want to pray with you today, and I'm just thinking about sometimes how some of these rhythms can be hard because life changes hard. And thinking about how the cross was for Jesus and the pain and the mess, and I'm just telling you that's what it is going to be for you too. When you do things like uh, take your costume off, be vulnerable people, Little by little, it is going to be painful and hurt and harmful. I'm telling you from ex- ex- uh, personal experience, this is really hard. But I want to also tell you it's incredibly worth it. And I would hope you, you would use the picture of Jesus being raised back to life new, right? That you would look at that as a hopeful thing. That whatever is going on in your life right now that has gotten so bad you can't stay the same, that you would pick this path. Don't pick the path of hiding more. Don't pick the path of isolation. Pick the path of vulnerability. Let God do something new in your life. Jesus, I just thank you. Do you model it right here for us? That the crucified life is the path. It's the way to healing, to freedom, to being real, to being able to be connected better in relationships. That this is your way. This is your path. And we say yes to your path. We say yes to that path that's going to be risky and painful and hard. We say yes to that path that will ultimately free us from these things that we have just made a a prison for our lives, God, with. I thank you, God, for our rhythms this week as we're going to start just being open with you, trying to be open with someone else, even if they reject us, God, give us strength. And then we're going to try to be that kind of person that would be available and a safe place for someone else to be vulnerable. Jesus, I just pray this would be a part of our church and who we are and how we live out our faith. We love you today in Jesus' name. Amen.